Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. And thank you for joining us for this live episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady, and I'm here with my co-host, Lou Weiss. And, Lou, we are going to have on shortly Tim Fiore, who is the committee chair for the Manufacturing Report on Business in the Institute for Supply Management series. This is the December broadcast, and I think that Tim has just joined us and... uh, so it's going to should be an exciting report, Lou. Uh, <clears throat> an exciting report. Well, I don't know if I would call it exciting. Actually, I think that Tim is going to wind up getting uh, a few negative points towards his uh, yellow canary jacket. So, <laughs> hey, this, this is as exciting as exciting gets. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, I, then tell tell me where I'm going wrong. <laughs> well, hey, the positive news is that consistent with what we've been talking about for months, we're in a 48 to 52 environment here. That's a positive right. thing. I mean, oh, uh, that's right. That's good. Look at the positive pieces. I mean, this is this is not not like we're falling off a cliff here. This is just normal expansion at a 1.5 to 1.8 percent level. That's what it is. And I mean, the numbers shift a little bit. One one climbs out ahead, another one falls behind. Uh, this is a month around demand again. I mean, I think the demand story has been the story for the last five months, and it continues to be the story. This one's a real interesting story. So our new order numbers were off almost two points uh, from last month and uh, strongly supported by the fact that new export orders are contracting yet again by two and a half points. The new export orders have a direct impact on new orders, obviously. Uh, in addition to that, we have backlog contracting uh, for the fourth straight month, I think it is, and at faster levels. So we're consuming backlog even faster now at a 43, and that's the lowest level that we've had since January of 2016 at 42.6. So we're now at a, so, a low level. So is that the good news part, or are you going to give us good news? I'll get to the good news. I'll get, the good news okay. is that cu- customer inventories declined. I mean, they're too low and at a too lower level than last month, which is good. So that means that uh, production has the ability to ship to the customer inventory accounts because they're too low and they're more they're lower than they were last month. That's good news. And then uh, our overall sentiment by the community was one-to-one this month, which is an improvement from one to 1.3 last month. So, and then I think the month before that it was one to 1.6. So that's good news too, one to one. That's that's good. I mean, I'll I'll take that for the time being. Well, I would take uh, customer inventories dropping because eventually they're going to have to replenish inventory. So I I would agree with you there. Yep. Yep. So I inventory. Hope I hope they do it before December fifteenth, because that's well. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we got well. Now that's going to be more on the that's going to be more on the services section, right? The NMI. That December fifteenth tariff is going to impact the services side, not the not so much mm-hmm. the manufacturing side, right? Most of that stuff is end end consumer products that go into retail, right? 
Right, you right. Made, you, made, yeah. you made an interesting statement, Tim, that uh, these numbers, 48 to 52, are consistent with a GDP of 1.5. If we went back to some of the Obama years or months when we were generally running in the 1 to 2 range, uh, were the ISM uh, PMI numbers quite similar? Oh, that's before my time. I have no idea. No, I'm not I'm only kidding. <laughs> 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 well, no, you have to really look at trending, right? Um, let's see. Yeah, I think. Hold on a minute. Let me see if I got the file open. Well, or, or we'll continue, and I'll I'll get the file open. Let's see what that says. Yeah, so we're talking about. Uh, let's see. Oh, probably what? 2000. No, January of 20, 2009, right? Would be mm-hmm. it? Yeah, January. Oh. Well, when Obama came in, January 2009, we were at a PMI of 36.4. How's that? How does that uh, make you feel? Oh, God, I'm jumping off the window ledge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right, so let's see. So 2010, 2010, we ran at an average of 56. Now, there's the okay. side. 2011, we ran at an average of 55. Uh, let's see. So we've, got some, we've got some softening. Yeah, 50. Uh, in 2012, we ran an average of 51, 51.4. Oh, there you go. So let's, the, the one that we can kind of remember is the August 15th to 16th, which you know that that preceded the April of 16 climb out that uh, really preceded the election, which was the start of the last manufacturing expansion cycle. So let's see here. Uh, 815. Let's find 815. Uh, okay. All I'm right. going to be curious what your uh, respondents are saying about this as well. Yeah, 50.2. 50.2. That, okay. Yeah, that, oh, was, yeah, the, that was the recovery that never was, right? The one that nobody felt. There was no employment. <laughs> yeah, right. and, yeah, 50.2. I mean, we're 48.1. I mean, it's in the range, right? Yeah, it clearly is. Clearly is. Yeah. Yeah. So how are your respondents feeling about it, uh, Tim? By the way, that was a 10-month cycle that, that we were in that. That's a softness range, right? 10 months. And we're now, I think we're now about uh, nine, eight or nine. In this. Eight, eight, eight. I think it's eight. Yeah. Eight, yeah, yeah. So just, just as a point of reference. So, you know, like I said, a one-to-one sentiment, which is really good compared to where we've been. I mean, uh, we haven't felt good in a while. Um, last month, 1.3 to 1. This month, 1 to 1. That's that's a positive thing. I've got some stats on that. Last time we felt this good was uh, uh, in June, right? In June, we were 1 to 1. And then in May, we were 3 to 1, 3 positive to 1 not so positive. So we're not quite at that level. That's an order, you know, three orders of magnitude. But still, you know, we're, we seem to be getting a little bit better. Um uh, you know, I think there's a story here on the inventory account that's interesting. It, it looks a lot like September of this year, and you know, down to 45.5. That's pretty tight. Uh, obviously, people are trying to maintain alignment with new order levels and uh, remaining backlog. They don't want to get stuck with inventory they can't use. Uh, hopefully, you're not one of them, Lou, and you're you're able to continue to ship. Uh, you know, but I think there's another story here on the order side. Uh, as I'm looking at these numbers and reading through all the comments, you know, we got a couple things going on. Prices are still weak. So, I mean, they're 46, last one 45. 
Uh, they've been contracting now for four or five months, maybe longer. Uh, still weak, so which which means that you know you, you're probably going to have some kind of notice when they start to grow again, uh, and which means that you want to kind of wait to the last minute to place an order. And then our lead time has been shrinking pretty substantially. There, you know, lead time is no longer really an issue in the comment sections of uh, the supplier delivery report and or the production section. So our, our lead time shrinking is probably causing delays in placing new orders just naturally, even without a price reduction potential out there. Then you couple that with uh, supply managers coming off probably a, a, a strong negative price variance year. Uh, the the first, first quarter of the year, first half of the year, they were faced with probably increasing prices that they had to uh, consume in their price variance budgets. And then with all the China tariffs that occurred in the summertime, those are definitely out of plan, and the only place those could go uh, is in the price variance budgets. So, you know, now you got to figure that supply managers are trying to fix that hole in their budget by waiting to the last minute on their new order placements and getting the best price possible. I mean, the, the climate is set up perfectly for that. So I think that's the story of this month. Speaking about tariffs, uh, it seems as though that uh... – uh, because of the uh, Asian-China tariffs, it looks as though uh, the present administration has now reinstituted uh, tariffs to steel and aluminum against Brazil. Uh, this uh, came up uh, over the last two days. So it looks like it was working to get people to companies to stop buying or bringing in goods from China, and they went back to Brazil, so he's now plugging that hole. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, Brazil, there's not a lot of uh, intermediate products that come in from Brazil, Mm -hmm. because Brazilian steel is pretty expensive, uh, probably the most expensive in the world. And uh, Brazil probably amounts for maybe two points of our total 100%, 100 100-point steel consumption. It's not a big... Mm-hmm. There's there's a big mill down there that one of my prior employers built, 5 million tons a year, that makes slabs that were being uh, exported into the United States at some period of time. Uh, so those will probably be impacted by it. And, and I think there's a, a company out in California that imports quite a bit of Brazilian steel. But, again, it's a very small amount of uh, U.S. consumption and a small amount, you know, 10% or less of imported steels. But I, I think you, you raise a really good point, Lou, is that who saw that coming? Brazil and Argentina Nobody. both got their steel. Nobody. Which Nobody. means what the, you know, what, it could have easily been Mexico, right? It which, could have which, been. Which says to me that consistent with what we've been saying now for a couple of months, it doesn't really matter what happens now with the China tariffs because nobody's going to invest in plant and equipment and machinery anywhere until they have some idea of what's going to happen. And in the present mode, anything can happen overnight. And not only that, why is it such a big deal that uh, the an administration imposed the tariffs on a comp- country that's only producing 2% of the steel that's coming here? Is well, that, probably uh, to make a point, right, that it's still the, the weapon of choice, I guess, and it's the – um, it's the tactic of choice. I mean, he's been very yeah. clear. The administration has been very clear about this, that this is this is what they're going to use to get people to respond to whether they be reasonable or unreasonable requests. That's 
this is the, 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 the process of choice, and which really holds the economic community uh, in ransom. Absolutely, especially the little guy who's actually paying for the tariff. Yeah, I, I got a lot of comments out of that in my new export order section and, and the import order side. Yeah, uh, a, lot, a lot of new export orders are impacted by the China tariffs, mm-hmm. and, and, and mm-hmm. it's really the counter tariffs. They can't compete in China because they're being tariffed, counter tariffed to death. And, and on the import side, whereas normally you get two things factoring on the import side, although we're still contracting, but not as bad as last month. You get the Lunar New Year coming up in, in the first couple of months of the year. Usually December is a pretty strong import month from, from Asia because they're trying to ship ahead. There's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, holding that out because of tariff issues, number one. Nobody wants to take that tariff. It goes back to the price variance discussion that we just had. And we just we had a price variance discussion, right? Right. Yeah, we did, yeah. At this point in the day, I end up repeating myself. But, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, we, we had a price variance discussion. And the other thing is that nobody wants the extra inventory uh, as they close the year because, you know, people are going to – they're probably not going to hit all their objectives, but they're going to do their best to hit the ones that they can control. And if you can get, keep that container out of your facility until January, you're going to use it in January, February. That's a lot better than getting it in in, uh, in December. So yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff going on just to make the numbers work. And to make them worse, did you say? Or, or no, make them work. Make them work. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you said worse. Look, this, is, wants- this is U.S. manufacturing. You need to close on a good year, right? You got to. You get a close on your plan, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And you don't want to pay tax on your inventory. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. That's a good point too, right? Who wants to pay? Ta- let let the supplier pay the tax on that. Right, right. So here you pay a tariff, then you pay a tax, and then you hope that you get orders. <laughs> That's kind of where we're at. Uh, sounds like. So what do you see coming in the January, February? We're going to do a little forecasting here. But, but by the way, I want to just comment that your uh, semi-annual report's going to be coming out and released soon. Uh, what's the date on that? Uh, it's being released on, this, on December 9th. December 9th, we have the semi-annual. We, we look at uh, 2019 in review against what we thought was going to happen last December and, and when we did a checkup in May. We look at what we now believe happened, and then more importantly, we look at 2020 and forecast revenues and price growth, wage growth, uh, productivity improvements, uh, operating efficiencies, business outlook, business sentiment, uh, capex investment. Uh, you know, we're compiling the data now. It's going to be an interesting report for sure. Yeah, we've got to nail down uh, your the time frame uh, for that show with you. Yep. So yeah, next we'll week. Be, okay. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so, so let's talk about Q1. You want to talk about Q1? Sure. Let's go. All right. So I think I mentioned to you guys that I've been tracking the comments in the employment section of the uh, report, and I've been doing it since August. When we started to shift from a can't find enough people, can't pay them enough, they're not trained well enough, to Harry just retired, we're not going to replace him. We canceled expanding our staff by five people because of this, and we're looking at layoffs in Muncie, Indiana. So I've been tracking those comments now since August. 
Uh, I started at 26, uh, 20, hold on a minute. Let me get the numbers here. It's, uh, it's important. Interesting comments. Notice the initial jobless claims are going up too, right? You guys are seeing that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's see here. Okay, in August, we had 25% of the comments were uh, force reduction related. Force reduction meaning, you know, attrition, uh, no, no expansions, and uh, layoffs. And then in September, it went to 29%. In October, it went to 40%. And this month, it was at 43%. So I decided to dig deeper into it to, to split it one more level. And of those 43 percentage points, 34 points of the 43, which is what, like 80%, were around reducing the force level, actually taking steps to reduce the force level. And uh, nine points were around attrition, meaning not replacing. So I found that to be really interesting. And I, and I think if you look at what's happened here, I mean, consumer confidence is still pretty good. Uh, it, it looks like a really strong holiday season. So far, people are very optimistic that people are going to spend, and I think that that's good for for everybody. Uh, but I, I have a feeling that you know this is coming. You're not seeing a lot of stuff in the news about force reductions, layoffs, and things. Nothing of any real significance. But uh, you know, the, most of the companies in the manufacturing community are not right size. They're they're size for much more outputs than they currently have, uh, as demonstrated by the, the the declining backlog. Uh, and, I, and somebody has to make that call in the not too distant future. Yeah, no doubt about that, Tim. Uh, Tim, in the overall, you know, we we're seeing some softening, but the GDP is still operating in a modest positive range. Uh, and I'm guessing that that's what 2020 may look like, uh, maybe for the entire year, unless something phenomenal happens to cause it to tick upward. Yeah, well, the semi-annual is going to have an interesting twist on that because we do t take a look at the first half and the second half, and, uh, and that's an important number to, to understand whether uh, half two will be better than half one or vice versa. Uh, right. I would tend to think that it's probably going to be better, but I'm just guessing. I mean, I, I, I don't see a prolonged uh, slowness here and then a slower slowness in the second half. I mean, we're, right. we're, running, <laughs> yeah, we're running at a 1.5 to 1.8 level now. Uh, you know, can we slow to a one percentage point? I don't know. In an election year, uh, I would be surprised. I mean, not, not a lot that you're going to see from the Fed, I would guess, because there's not much left to do on inter interest rates. And, I think that's helping car production. It's helping housing starts. Uh, outside of that, uh, uh, you know, it's probably not. And there's not not a lot much more they can do besides, you know, full-blown quantitative easing again. And I don't see the need for that yet. Uh, don't see interest rates rising until the personal consumption expenditure number comes up, and that's below the target of two percent. So, and I don't see it. Uh, I don't see a fiscal policy coming through. That's going to, you know, spur the economy on again. So, and, and I like, like we talked earlier, I don't think the resolution of phase one or even a phase two tariff situation is going to allow people to invest again. I think the no, I would agree. The, yeah, the phase one is probably going to waive the increase, waive the tariffs on iPhones and iPads and uh, 
you know, the Xboxes and all the consumer electronics stuff, it's probably going to waive the tariffs on those. In return, we're probably going to sell more farm products, which is in the NMI side. It's not on the manufacturing side. Uh, beyond that, I don't see that, you know, having any kind of an inf- impact on on the manufacturing community. Yeah, I, just, I don't see any big balloons coming where there's going to be a, a, a rush in manufacturing, even though uh, we certainly have a lot of uh, uh, infrastructure issues to deal with in this country that could increase manufacturing. But, uh, you know, it's just not a, it's not on the radar scope. Um, yeah, bridges, yeah probably, bridges, it's not going to yeah, show bridges, up in an election year either, right? No, it sure isn't. It sure no. isn't. Um, uh, here's here's a positive note. So, so computer electronics are number one industry sector. So let's talk a little bit about the industry sectors. We were flying real high in August of eighteen, uh, pretty much across most of, or if not all, the industry sectors. This was uh, like the peak of computer electronics. You know, think sixty plus plus in terms of its own uh, PMI index. You know, we're now down to stable. We're down to flat month over month, and we've been relatively flat now for oh since July. Call it July. You know, within a within a point or two of each other. But one of the positive things is is that it appears that we we are now issuing licenses to our uh, our domestic semiconductor companies to export into China again, which you know might spur some new order activity. Because, uh, you know, new order activity in the month of November contracted in, com- in computer electronics. So uh, in the month of October, was actually better. So maybe maybe this relaxing a little bit on the ZTE Huawei thing will allow electronics to get back to a, a decent 53, 54 expansion mode. That would absolutely help the PMI get above 50. Uh, on the chemical side, Back in August, think mid mid 50s, you know, from a, a standalone PMI level, and you know now we're in a contraction mode, slight contraction, not heavy, and we've been there for a couple of months uh, with new orders, you know, contracting moderately also. So, chemicals is pharma, it's basic chemicals, it's the number two industry sector, it's 14 or 15 percent of manufacturing GDP, it's a global category of spend, do a lot of exporting. Uh, uh, we ship product from the U.S. all over the world. We have an advantage natural gas, as I've mentioned many times, and because of that, we can we can manufacture product here in highly efficient uh, factories and plants, and ship it anywhere around the world and still compete effectively. So you got to figure probably counter tariffs have impacted that, as well as uh, the currency strength has probably been a contributor too. But it sure would be good to see that industry get back up to the mid-50 levels, that would definitely get us above uh, above 52 on the PMI. And then the one that's not that surprising is really the transportation equipment sector. It's uh, It's been in a contraction mode for uh, seven months, maybe longer. Uh, since I've been tracking it standalone, you know, back in May, it's been contracting or stable to contracting. And it's still contracting moderately, moderate to strongly. And the new orders are strongly contracting. And this is airplanes, trucks, cars. So, uh, and it's, it's durable goods, right? It's investments. You could argue the car, cars are investments for 
people, but they have uh, more than a two-year life, so I think they're considered actually investments. Airplanes, same thing. Trains. So uh, this one's not that surprising that we're we're at. It's highly cyclical, except for the uh, the aircraft side. Uh, the, the aircraft side has a very long cycle now. Uh, cars and trucks have a pretty short cycle. So this this one's not a surprise. When we were humming along really well in, in the summer of 18, you know, think 60 plus or minus, and now you know now we're we're contracting fairly strongly. So that's that's the story on industry sectors. Our number one industry sector for the month was uh, food and beverage. It's been the number one industry sector for I think four months now, and uh, it's kind of carrying a big load. Let's see here. Uh, let me get the numbers. Uh, yep. Uh, six six months at decent rates. Uh, computer and electronics products expanding very mo mod marginally, not much at all. You know, think 50 plus or minus some tenths. Chemicals is slightly contraction contracting as I mentioned. Uh, but more importantly, transportation and fabricated metal products are contracting strongly, and and uh, transportation has been in that bucket now for several months, and I think. Uh, Fabricated metal products and petroleum and coal products have been swapping out the second to the lowest level. So, so that's kind of it. Right now, we're one of six expanding at decent levels. If we can get two or three of the six, that would be a good thing. Well, if we got Boeing to take care of the 737 issue, that might help. Uh, that's that's <laughs> that's a real what a bad. real neg negative issue. Um, however, Tesla, with their new Cybertruck uh, that they came out with last week, I don't know if you heard anything about that, uh, they they took 200 orders uh, from the time that they had their um, their, their grand, uh, grand show. Of course, don't, you have to buy better windows because they tend to break, uh, <laughs> especially when Funny. you throw rocks, rocks at it. Uh, but I'm sure that's not going to help the industry per se. Yeah, I mean, hey, big story there on the Max, uh, because Boeing wanted to start shipping product out this month, December, and the FAA was going to allow them to do it, and then the uh, the other international organizations balked at it. Uh, Boeing is dying to get back up to a 57 level. They're now at a 45, I think. Uh, if the Max issue got resolved. That would probably be a really good shot for transportation. We, we, you know, we have a, sure. a decent amount of aerospace and defense companies in, in our uh, PMI survey panel. So, but it, it sounds like it's going to be longer and drawn out longer because uh, the international agencies are going to force uh, training before they allow flights to start again. I think it's going to, rather than happen all at once in January and early February, it's probably going to be a six to nine month rollout, which. If, if Boeing can start delivering planes, then uh, you know, we could probably start to get back up to that 57 level. The, the big key is they can't deliver a plane, and no customer wants it until they know that they can train their pilots and get back up in the air. Well, that's not part of the good news. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. But it's getting clearer, though. The good thing is, is that clarity is, is coming about, and we're getting a better feel for what we can expect the next three or four months to be. I mean, two months ago, it wasn't really clear what was going to happen, right? Well, two months ago, I don't think they knew what the problem was. Uh, at least now they do. Yeah. Yeah, so and that probably has a lot to do with uh, issues like that 
have a lot to do with like the my, the my, the panel sentiment of one to one. You know mm-hmm. that for every positive sentiment, there's a not so positive sentiment, but that's much better than one to one point three or one to one point six. Absolutely, yep. absolutely. Okay, uh, well, I guess I'm going to have to have my my Christmas Santa Claus letter uh, about getting our uh, PMI up to. I, I'll take a 52 for for, uh, <laughs> ja- for January. I don't yeah, know me too. Especially yeah, if it, especially if it's a new order number that does it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, if it's a, if we get to a 52 because supplier deliveries go up, then that's probably a hurricane or a a big northeaster or something. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that may be coming tonight here in New Jersey. I heard. I heard. <laughs> Stay warm. Well, our governor yeah. has already shut all the government offices, and I guess Newark Airport is next. Meanwhile, it's barely snowing. So, uh, but he's being anticipating anticipating uh, what's to come. Yeah, yeah, better to be safe. For sure. Clearly. Uh, Tim, we we appreciate you joining us as always on Manufacturing Talk Radio, and we're glad to include this segment in our Institute for Supply Management Report on Business series. So, again, thank you for the insights that you offer in this terrific report. Yeah, you bet, we'll guys. Be talking, look, we'll, look forward to we'll the semi next. Yeah, we'll be talking to you next week. Yeah, that'd be good. Look, look forward to it. Have a, okay. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right. Bye bye now. Man. Well, so there's still some strength in the underlying report, Lou, and that's why we do this for the manufacturing industry, so they don't all go up to their highest level of the building and jump off. Well, you know, by trying to find the pebbles in the path to find your way to wherever you're going. I like seeing big pebbles, meaning I like to see a clear evidence that this is good times are rolling. Uh, right now we're we're searching for the good times, so I guess it's going to be January. It's very so well we ought to just so. we just ought to lay back and take it easy for the holiday season, and uh, look forward to New Year's Eve. If you're that kind of a partier, so we will be talking to uh, 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 Tim next week for the semi-annual, and uh, I'd also like to let our our, our audience know that you and I are going to be doing at the end of December. Uh, we're going to do our 2019 wrap, and we're going to do our 2020 forecast. So right. we'll be doing that the last week, the last two weeks of the month. And as uh, soon as we see the way we think it's going to go. Exactly. And by the way, join us again on Wednesday at 12 noon Eastern time for Anthony Nieves, who is the committee chair for the non-manufacturing report on business. It will be interesting to see how the largest sector in his group, the retail sector, will be doing because we've got Christmas and Hanukkah coming up and Festivus for the rest of us. That's right. Festivus for the rest of us. Thank you for pointing that out. I do celebrate that every year. (laughs) (laughs) 
as always, thank you for joining us. And you can find all of our shows at mfgtalkradio.com. And there are also great interviews on our the WAM podcast, which is our women and manufacturing podcast. And we have uh, Manufacturing Matters with Cliff Waldman and Where's Willie coming up. So everyone stay tuned. And thank you for joining us on this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.